3: Let's roll. This is Portridge. I am Gable Morenzi. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between throwing it down. The Friday Night Freak Show has a big up. We've got a lot of stuff to break down this evening, including live action as we speak. The Golden State Warriors trying to avoid going back to Memphis, Tennessee. They're up 72-68 right now with 2.45 remaining in the third quarter of play. Game 7s across the board. Uh, we've already got four Game 7s in the National Hockey League uh, booked uh, right now. The question is, will we have five? The Dallas Stars are trying to uh, force a seventh game over to Calgary Flames. They're up uh, over to Flames right now. Uh, three-two, uh, for the Dallas uh, Stars, and we're we're in a tough spot here right now because we've got under five and a half, which we're obviously in trouble. I've got an alternate line under six and a half, but I'm also on Calgary, and I got Calgary in the series. Um, I've got Calgary in the series to uh, to win the series by two games or more. So they need to win this game. If Calgary wins this game, I win my series bet and I would lose the total I'd take it actually and for whatever reason because I'm a crazy psychopath I bet on Calgary even tonight I was like you know what I think they'll finish them off I thought it would be lower scoring we've had we had a little burst of goals it was a quick two goals for Dallas and then Calgary scored a quick two and then Dallas scored one now we're sort of battling again oh and the Calgary Flames are uh, cycling the puck right now. Close uh, scoring opportunity and scoring chance uh, right there. Seven minutes remaining. Game sevens across the board. we we'll, we got a full house here tonight. Mo Dekeel will join us. We'll, we'll focus in on uh, Phoenix, Phoenix and uh, Dallas with Mo Dekeel. Uh, so yeah, Mo Dekeel from uh, JumpBall.net. And the Bleacher Report and the Athletic and everything else in between. Mo Keel steps up and in. Jamie Eisenberg joins us. We talk NFL football with Jamie Eisenberg. CBSSports.com. Rob Vino. Rob Vino Sports. Wager Talk. Tony Finn. Straight from uh, the desert. Area 51. We'll step up and in this evening. As I stated, we do have a full house. We'll break down all of these uh, Game 7s. We'll keep you up to date with what's going on live right now. It's the Memphis Grizzlies and Golden State. Hell of a game, man. This Memphis team, man, even without John Morant, it's unbelievable. This team, right? Well, we all know they're twenty 20, and uh, what now twenty and six uh, without him, or twenty one and six uh, without him, whatever the hell it is at this point. And Memphis have just taken the lead. Memphis have just taken the lead right now, 75-74. Jason Tatum, unbelievable performance. My apologies to anybody that um, uh, that bought into me hyping up. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks and basically saying the Bucks were, uh, I didn't use the word lock because I never used the word lock, but I liked the Bucks a lot and I got, uh, I got punched. I, I took it on the chin. I took it on the chin. I misread it. Listen, man, what are you going to do? Like it, it is what it is, man. J- Jason Tatum, the guy, it was he, he wouldn't miss, right? It was just one of those deals. It was, you know, Milwaukee, I thought Milwaukee were going to win too, even in game. Even in-game. It was like Boston can't continue to hit as many three-point shots as they are. And then they did it. Right? They did it. Like, reality caught up to them. Milwaukee took a small lead and was sort of going back and forth. And I had the feeling. it was like, Milwaukee's going to go on a run soon, and this game's going to be over. Jason Tatum said, no, you're wrong. The late-night anger management class. Let's do this thing. This is Sports Rage. I am Arantzian. The pips, the players, the hustlers, the people, of bustler, but everybody else in between. The Friday Night Free Show has begun. Welcome to the party. We're kicking it. SiriusXM XM 159 on the Sports Grid Radio Networks. It's a mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates. The Boston Celtics force a game seven behind Jason Tatum's 46-point performance. Tatum is just the second player in Celtics history with multiple 45-point games in the playoffs. Joining Sam Jones. A lot has been said about the Boston Celtics over the years, and a lot has been said about Jason Tatum uh, over the years. That Jason Tatum is a great scorer, but he doesn't have the killer instinct. And he showed a killer instinct uh, tonight because he beat the best player in the NBA and uh, the Milwaukee Bucks lost tonight but it wasn't on Giannis. Giannis went off and did everything that he possibly could. Giannis went off for 44. Tatum goes off for 46. We've got a game 7 of Boston Celtics are five-point favorites in game 7 on Sunday. We've got another game 7, Phoenix and Dallas. We break it down. Mo Dekeel steps up and in from Los Angeles to kick it uh, with us. We'll talk NBA playoffs. We'll talk NFL football with Jamie Eisenberg. CBSSports.com. The NFL schedule, of course, has been released. Eisenberg already drafting players in fantasy football leagues, and we're ready to start clicking and uh, pulling the trigger on NFL futures. That is if we're going to have any money left after tonight's chaos in the National Hockey League. Uh, Florida Panthers, Stanley C. Panther beat the uh, the Washington Capitals uh, this evening. Meanwhile, the Dallas Stars right now are trying to force a Game 7, just as the New York Rangers did over the Pittsburgh Penguins. A wild game uh, tonight in Pittsburgh. Now they go back to MSG. Game 7 is the theme of the weekend. We've got Game 7s in the NBA. We've got Game 7s in the National Hockey League. Uh, We're going to break down the NFL with Jamie Eisenberg, and we'll get into some season win totals on our own a little bit later on as Jarvis Landry signs with the New Orleans Saints. They already signed a honey badger, Tyron Matthew. Now they bring in Jarvis Landry. This is Team LSU. All they're missing now is Odell Beckham Jr. And the New Orleans Saints are clearly sending a message that they're they're ready to compete. They're ready to ball, and I'm buying in an arsenal of wide receivers Michael Thomas Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry being thrown the ball from Jameis Winston we break it down and more, this is Rage.
2: bring it
0: Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide
4: at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts.
1: No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. You are listening to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Morenzi.
3: Let's roll the Friday Night Free Show has begun, begun, begun. This is Sports Rich. I am Gable Maranci. We're throwing it down. SiriusXM XM Channel 159, the Muddy or 1090 ESPN Radio. we got a full house here tonight. We're talking a little bit of something of every everything. We've got our eye on the National Hockey League. We've got live action right now, Dallas Stars and the Calgary Flames. We've got NBA basketball going on right now, the Golden State Warriors and the Memphis Grizzlies, and both similar situations. Um, both... Potential elimination games or potential Game 7s? Um, game 7s. Game now, the Game 7, Memphis and uh, Golden State would be on Monday because, of course, the NBA players need like three or four days off in between every game because it's just so physical out there. Meanwhile, NHL players, you guys can play every 43 hours because, you know what, you're not, you're not getting hit or anything like that. Now, I tell you what, man. I got to be honest with you. I love the Milwaukee Bucks tonight. They lost. I was very apprehensive about the Memphis Grizzlies. I bet on the Grizzlies and I really it was one of those I'm going to bet on them but I'm not going to be surprised if they get smoked. And I am it's 81-79 right now. We're early in the fourth quarter. Memphis are not going away and in fact they just tied the basketball game. Right, like Memphis are not going away. Very impressive. Golden State are a team full of veterans, and Memphis, you know, Memphis have a, you know what, Steven Adams has been around a while. He's played in some big games before, but for the most part, you know, I mean, They, they don't really have any big game experience, this team, yet they're not backing down. They're trading baskets. They're trading baskets. Wiggins just hit a basket. I tell you, every time I look up tonight, Wiggins is doing something good. Without Wiggins, they'd be in trouble right now. Wiggins has stepped up with a couple of key shots. A couple of key shots at key moments like, like he just did uh, a moment ago. So the Dallas Stars are up uh, 3-2 right now. Man, this, this is crazy. So we've got 10 minutes left in here. So let's focus in on the hockey game for a moment or two here. Just due to the fact that, you know what, there's two and a half minutes left. And due to the fact that we have a lot of money on this game end the series. I laid a game and a half with the Calgary Flames and they lose this game I lose that bet. They lose that game I lose that bet. I'm all over the place here and I don't like it. It's sort of like when you bet a football side and total and you can't win them both. That's where I'm at here right now. Like for me the best case scenario is Calgary ties a damn game and wins a damn game in overtime. I'll take it. Right? Yeah, I'll lose the over bet and all this. Yeah, whatever. You know that that yeah, I would prefer that. I think Calgary will win a game seven back um, in Alberta, but I didn't bet them to win in seven. I bet them to win in in minus one and a half. I can't have a seventh game. There's three and a half minutes left. There's still uh, there's there's still there's still an opportunity. And then conversely. I've got another play with the Memphis Grizzlies plus, like, 16, <laughs> literally. Uh, you know, that was, like, the alt line. That was as high as you could go. And under 6.5 in this game. Like, the total was 5.5 in, in a Stars-Flames game, and I, I did an alternate up to 6.5. And, and I'm kind of screwed now because if 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 Calgary scores, then, you know what, it gets to 7. But I also have an under 5.5. So for me personally, ideally right now, and trust me, it doesn't matter what we want. We don't have any influence on this. What's going to happen? Whenever you hear, I don't know what to cheer for. I have this and that. Well, whatever, dude. You, you, what, what, you have no, no power on it. <laughs> uh, you know, kick back and watch about what's, what's going to happen because that, that's, that's about the extent of the power that you have on this thing. But I also have an under 5.5 in this game. So ideally, listen. Either Calgary comes back and wins, and you know what I mean—they win four three, and I'll be happy. Or it ends three two right now, and I'll take it. Uh, you know what? That's like the, those are the best case scenarios for me. So in other words, I don't even want to bring up the the worst case scenario, which is pretty much inevitable. Now the six and a half is still in play. They're at five, but I imagine this is going to end up four two. Right, we see. We this is what happened earlier in, in in Dallas when they played the last game in Dallas. It was three two Flames, and then they scored the late, 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 late empty netter to uh, to break all of our hearts and uh, and cost us cost us big money. It's the one thing with the playoffs, and you know, we get we we get caught up in it, right? Because the games are big; they feel big. Oh, there's no, it's an elimination. Oh, they're going to eliminate them now, and like you 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 get into it. But the thing is, like, you bet a lot of money. Like, my units are starting to get crazier in this stuff. Last night, you know, we had 900 sweating out the last minute of the Kings game. And hockey is a very volatile sport. I love hockey. I played hockey. Um, but all that being stated, I don't, I usually try to abstain from betting large amounts of money on hockey games. And when I say large, like, I don't want to have, like, $2,300. I don't mind having, like, thousands of dollars on a football game. Basketball, I do it sometimes, although it's probably not the smartest thing to do. Baseball, same thing. Baseball is like volatile, right? Like football is pretty predictable, right? Like the size kind of matters. Like, you know what I mean? You know, like football, there's a, there's, you know, it's less, it's sort of less random, I find. And it's fun, it's a debate because a lot of people think, oh, the NFL is the hardest league to bet on. I don't, for me, it isn't, but it doesn't mean like everyone has their own. Right? Everyone has their own their own league and stuff. But where I'm going with this is then you get involved in the playoffs, and the problem is, and I you know what? I've been around and I'm old enough to know, and I it's on me, that just because you have a really big night one night, it doesn't mean you should get really stupid and crazy the next night. Right? It's the playoffs. Like we'll see, man. One team, you know what I mean? You know, Phoenix Suns were terrible last night. They're probably going to be great on Sunday, right? Like it really, it's it's very random in the playoffs. So then you sort of think, wow, there's no way this is going to happen, or I like this because of that. Yet there's a randomness to it that you can't account for uh, in, in the in the postseason. So we're down to a minute left here right now, and ideally, yes, yes, this is what I need at this point. The puck is in Calgary's zone. They can't get their goalie out of the net, which is good. Oh boy, here he goes now. Uh, there's 50 seconds left and there's an empty net. So please, like either Calgary score or don't have Dallas going to score right now. Oh my God, I don't know how he missed that. And how did you not get that? <gasps> <sighs> He missed it. Just pure torture. I'm telling you, man, you pull the goalie, and the other team just scores right away. Twix! What the hell's wrong with you? How the hell does the guy on the Dallas Stars? Yeah, yeah, that's right, Johnny. You should be upset. Good job, Johnny Hockey. For the love of God. I oh got I just got So the Dallas Stars fired a puck. The Dallas Stars fired a puck from like center, right on the under center ice, and it's a wide open net. And he's at center ice, and but there's not one really even in front of the guy on Dallas. He just nearly boom, he slaps it at the net. It misses by, like, six inches. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I thought I dodged the bullet. I'm like, oh, my God, I thought I dodged the bullet. The Flames didn't hustle. Johnny Gujo basically was going for an afternoon skate. You guys going for an afternoon skate? The puck bounced off the boards and Dallas just put it back in the net. And, and I don't know if I've ever seen that before. And I've been watching hockey for 40 freaking five years. Now Calgary are fighting them. Calgary just started a brawl. Yeah, whatever. How about you win the damn game, you bunch of jackasses? Empty net again.
2: You screwed me again, Penny Packer.
1: Late night anger man's for class. This is Sports Rage. I
3: am Gabe Ramsey. Throwing it down to pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people, the them but everybody else in between. Sirius XM Channel One Five Nine, a Muddy or Ten Ninety, ESPN Radio. Let's do this thing. Game Seven. Uh, best two words in sports: Phoenix Suns, Dallas Mavericks. Game Seven. Mo Dekeel steps up and in uh, to break it down uh, with us, and of course, uh, he's the founder of the Jumpball uh, .net, Writes for the Bleacher Report uh, podcast for the Athletic. Former uh, video. Coordinator for the Clippers, Spurs, and the Australian men's basketball team. That's it. I'm done buttering them up. Uh, Mo DeKeel steps up and in. What's up, Mo? Oh, not a whole lot, Gabe. I'm ready to roll, man. We've, we've had some fun playoffs, haven't we? Listen, there was talk coming into the playoffs about how Memphis and Minnesota, you know, is sort of a budding rivalry for years to come between two up and coming teams. But I think we're seeing a rivalry right now in real life between the Dallas Mavericks and the Phoenix Suns. We see Devin Booker and Luka Doncic have exchanged words and there's no love loss between these two. We're going to seven right now. And something that really isn't talked about very much until now is the fact that, because it was always Luka and Trey Young, Luka and Trey Young. Oh yeah, by the way, DeAndre Ayton went ahead of Luka Doncic, right? So there's a lot of stuff going on here. A ton of storylines. Talk to me, Mo, about the Mavericks and the Suns.
5: I mean, you touched on it first we have a rivalry developing and this is how you get to rivalries you get to game sevens you know and you get to the situation of hey i just don't like you very much and i think that's what we're seeing a lot with from both booker and Doncic, and i think you know that's just one of the main storylines to touch on you know there, there, there's so many i can eat up the entire hit just off of that you know it's that cp chris paul's struggling you know, in the last over the last four games, a total of 18 turnovers. I don't know the last time he's had a stretch of four games with 18 turnovers. I, I, you're looking at that. So if you're watching DeAndre Ayton and you're going, "Hey, some nights." He's all over the place. He's playing with force and he's putting guys in the basket and things like that. Other nights, he's playing with a lot more finesse and not really showing it. Which DeAndre Ayton are you getting for game seven? For the Mavs, it's a question of hey, are we getting enough shooting and everything that, you know, can we knock down shots? We've been able to do it in Dallas. We haven't been able to do it in Phoenix. Is somebody going to be sure to pack our three point shot as we fly this time? I think it's going to be really interesting.
3: It was a very unlike Phoenix performance, wasn't it? I spoke to people after the game uh, last night, and they said, "Listen, I'm not shocked that Phoenix lost, but I'm shocked at the way uh, that it happened. They attempted just 18 three-point shots, second fewest in the Monty Williams uh, era. Uh, 22 turnovers, Mo, uh, as well. And are they feeling the pressure a little bit? And you know, that's why I wanted to sort of go from here, going into a Game Seven. Let's just be real, bro. The Phoenix Suns were the NBA favorites all year people have this team penciled in penciled in to go to the nba finals and and then eventually win uh, the nba finals that's a heavy weight on their shoulders and i know i saw you tweeting uh, and of course mo kill follow him on twitter and you were talking about just the internal pressure that chris paul puts on himself as well we haven't even gotten to chris paul and his storyline yet but mo you can't tell me there's not more pressure on the phoenix suns on on sunday than the mavericks
5: uh, th- there, there's all the pressures on the Phoenix Suns. If the Mavs just put up a fight and lose, everybody's going to be like, hey, man, they made it to the second round. That's great. They did better than they've done the last two years in the playoffs. You, you, you know, for the everything you touched on. And I was one of those guys going into the playoffs. Phoenix should be able to run through this lineup and should be able to get to the finals pretty easily, and I had them winning it. You know, when you're watching the way they're playing now, it's 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 so weird, Gabe. Like, just on offense, all years, the words precise, uh, methodological, mechanical, like everything the way they were doing on offense, we were always just going like, this team's unbelievable. I'm watching them in the game yesterday and just sloppy stuff, the turnovers, the shots they're taking are looking more like prayers and things like that, and, you know, the 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 tweet i made about chris you know it's he's a smart dude he understands what's on the line for him legacy wise you know and that's the thing where he's sitting there going like i have to win this game not only do we have to win i have to win this game i have to get us over the top here i got to get going and that's going to put added pressure on him on top of all that so i'm with you phoenix has all the pressure dallas gets to kind of come in there relatively loose
3: Mo, let's assume Phoenix win this game. Does it change your perception moving forward of them right now, seeing the challenges that they're facing and the pressure that they feel already
5: this early in the playoffs? I think it does and it doesn't. I think part of the problem for Phoenix has been this has been a really tough matchup. And, you know, this is getting to, you know, the the, the other teams that they might play. And I think that's, that's just where we're at. And I think the... the areas where Phoenix has got to look forward is, you know, if they move on and get to the finals, I just don't think now they can be either Milwaukee, Boston, and Miami might give them a hell of a series. Like, I think that's... I'm looking at them, and I go, my my confidence is shaking, and the Phoenix Suns winning a championship this year.
3: Mo DeKeele, uh kicking it uh, with us. Um, you look, You look at the... Miami Heat right now is this a team you know with unfinished business from a couple of years? Let, let me ask you if if the Heat weren't as injured as they were would it, would it have been different against the Lakers? Because it's easy sort of easy to forget. We all forget who won the championship after a couple of years, right? So and then of course we're going to forget who actually lost in the NBA Finals, but we're talking about a team that's two years removed from the NBA Finals. That's a bad taste. You know, they, they, Everyone talks about Phoenix and the unfinished business. We could argue the same about the Miami Heat.
5: Yeah, I, I honestly, I I don't think you know if Bam and Dragic were healthy I still think the uh, Lakers would have won the championship would have been a lot closer and maybe would have gone to even seven games but I think that Laker team was shooting it so well obviously we've seen how well they're shooting it because they can't replicate it since then I think the uh, I think that team was was. well maybe really they shouldn't have kind of traded game. the players away too I <laughs> like he, he, he was the guy <laughs> to hit a bunch of those threes that's a key point you know that Danny Green all of those guys. So, <laughs> you know but, but they do have unfinished business and it's not a, can't look at this t- team and the organization it's not an accident they've been to two of the last three conference finals now you know like this is they're built for this this is the way they work for it you know and, and with Jimmy Butler they decided to go for it brought in Lowry obviously he's injured and things like that but they also develop guys Max Roos has come out of nowhere and is killing it for them I'm, I, I, I think they're, they're a very fun team to watch and they're a team I think they're going to be in this mix for the next couple of years uh, Mo,
3: let's talk about the Los Angeles Laker uh, coaching uh, situation. And it seems to me, like, hey, listen, Kenny Atkinson is is the latest name that's being talked about the most. And it seems to me that that's too too, too smart or too like it makes too much sense. They won't do it. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Right, right, right. right. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm mean? like? No, no, no. He's too good of a coach. They actually won't do this. Like somehow. But let me let me ask you your opinion on Kenny, because I'll tell you what. I was doing the show, you know, it was pre-pandemic. And, you know, no one went to net games. Uh, so I figured I needed to support them, Mo. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? not sort of like the Clippers and the Lakers, you know what I mean? Right, right, But you right. know, I used to go to Brooklyn, right? It was cheaper. It was just sort of, hey, let's go to the nets instead. But this was pre-KD and all this. And, you know, they were getting about 12,000 people a game. But you remember, Mo, they made the playoffs that year, right? And, man, you know, think back in the players that they had. Uh, you know, D. Russ, you know, Angel Russell. Um, you had Joe Harris, um, Spencer Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, yeah. <sighs> You know, dude, when they brought in all the stars, I said, oh, God, why? This is going to implode, and it has, and it went exactly the way I thought it would. They had something developing, but the fact is the owner didn't like it, uh, Mo, because even though they made the playoffs, they were still only getting 12,000, 14,000, right? Like, he did, he wanted a name type thing. Hey, we're New York, we're in Brooklyn and all that. But I thought Atkinson did an awesome job uh, with that team. What's your opinion on Atkinson, and is he a fit with the Lakers? And my my, my my other gut feel sort of was, hey listen, Atkinson's not a yes man, right? He's not a yes man, so is is he a good fit for the Lakers or do you think it actually happens?
5: Yeah, I think you know. One thing is when, when when you're saying it's too smart of a move. I almost feel like, and this is going to be unfair to, to Atkinson. It's it's he's not a big enough name for the Lakers the way they're. he's yeah, just they're a good saying, basketball coach, right? Exactly. Right, exactly. Exactly. You know, and and, and and let me just be honest. He he's a great coach, and I'm with you. Everything. But he, he did, did coach in a right. major market too, right? So that comes into play a little bit. He's dealt with the New York media. The, the strike against Atkinson is. He wasn't able to get the buy-in from Kyrie and Katie. Now, granted, that is two extreme guys that you're trying to get buy-in from, you know, and, and things like that. And you're 100% right, and he's not a yes-man, because basically he got fired because he didn't want to play DeAndre Jordan. Pretty much a smart decision for <laughs> for any coach. Um, he, imagine you know, getting and, fired for that. Like, can you imagine? Yeah, but anyways, yeah. <laughs> you know, he wanted to play Jared Allen more than, than DJ, and that was a, a, a thing that bothered those guys. So he's a great coach, and he's great for young teams. We have to see what he can do with an established veteran roster, which is what this Laker team is going to be. And that's why I think what I think the Lakers' strategy here is they're interviewing everybody right now. Everybody they're interviewing is potentially to be an assistant for the next coach that they bring in. You know, they're going to tell whoever they hire, whether it's if Doc Rivers gets let go in, in Philadelphia or if they uh, if Quinn Snyder parts ways with Utah, you know, they're they're going to try to go after a big fish. And I think they're just kind of trying to buy time until those storylines play out. And once that kind of becomes clear, at least they have interviews in the pocket. Either go after a big fish and then say, hey, we want you to bring Kenny Atkinson on as your associate head coach. We want him to be, you know, uh, the, the next the, under you. And I think that's kind of what we're looking at. But he's just a great coach. He deserves another shot. I think he'll get another shot here pretty soon. That's a great, all great points, Mo,
3: as always. Like, and you're right, he's a coach, coach that can help you win games and develop players. Like, he would have been a great fit in Sacramento, right? Like, to me, and I, and you're exactly right. Like, that's when I saw you, Atkinson, I'm like, nah. like, I don't. He's not just going to roll over for LeBron and stuff. Like, it, it won't work. And, you know, that's just, That was my initial reaction. That's why I said, nah, he's too good of a coach. And you raise a great point as far as the name. Mo Dekeel. Mo, it's always a pleasure, my man. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. No, thank you for having me.
0: producing gas with fewer operational emissions in texas it's and not or see what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in america
4: welding instructor alex Declaire knows vr training platforms like forge fx help students master their skills there's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
1: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. What What, what we thought they were.
5: We played them in preseason. Who the hell takes a third game in a preseason like us, Boop.
1: We played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, they crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook.
3: Game, set, match. Golden State Warriors advance to the Western Conference uh, finals, the Golden State Warriors 110, Memphis Grizzlies 96 so not only do they um, not only do they win a basketball game they end up covering the number we end up uh, winning our uh, plus 16 and a half and it's a good thing that we went the distance there isn't it to to get it to the 16 and a half (laughs) right like these we we play these alt lines uh, for a reason all right, we're playing the outlines uh, for a reason and so they lose by 14 we hit the Calgary under six and a half and uh, whatever it is what it is last night was great tonight is uh, pure misery pure misery and the Los Angeles Dodgers are not uh, helping uh, the cause right now the Dodgers are losing eight6 in a wild baseball game at Chavez Ravine. Uh, the Phillies took a 2-0 lead in the second. The Dodgers put a 5-spot up in the third. So you figure, all right, they're up 5-2 right now. They lost last night. They're actually, they actually lost, what, three of their last four games. And then Philadelphia responds with a 3-spot in the fourth. Uh, Dodgers then tied it up. And, um, you know, they've been going back and forth and whatever. It's 8-6 right now. It's 8-6 for the Philadelphia Phillies, but there's, there's still some baseball left. We're in the bottom of the sixth inning right now, and uh, the Dodgers do have uh, runners, uh, runners on. So, we'll uh, keep our eye on that. So, the Golden State Warriors. Warriors! Warriors! Awesome movie. Awesome movie. That's one of the movies, too, I've always been amazed. Uh, I've always been amazed that they never did—they never did a remake of it. And I think it's a good thing because you're not going to be able to do it. You—I know mean, you're not going to be able to pull it off with that sort of—you know—the same vibe that it had uh, when they did this movie. But of course, the classic warriors come out to play. It's not bad. That's not—I'm just pulling this out of the vault here, like this it has got the, the the Coke bottles. Warriors come out to play. The, the Golden State Warriors don't embrace this enough. I guess they don't want to be associated uh, with with the Warriors, uh, the movie. I know it was a big video game, right? It was a popular video game and stuff. I heard they were they were going to do it, and somebody shut it down, and it never sort of happened. You wouldn't be able to pull it off in the same way. Like it's just one of those things. Let it be. Let it be, let it be let, let let it be. So the Golden State Warriors, I had my I you know coming into the year, there was a lot of hype about the Warriors and I didn't I didn't buy in. I didn't buy in. I thought they were an aging team and I, I thought that you know what they'd seen their their better their better days uh, they they're an injury prone team, but something that I did not know and nobody really knew. Uh, I think, is the fact that just how good Jordan Poole is. Right? Like, Jordan Poole is, is you know, this this guy's, like, basically a star. Like, if he wasn't on this team, he'd be a star. Right? And, you know, it's sort of, it's catch-22. He'd be a star somewhere else, but at the same point in time, he's as good as he is because he's played with these guys and he's learnt. Um, he's learnt uh, from these guys. And, you know, Jordan. The, the thing with Jordan Poole tonight, whatever, 12 points, but... So the Golden State Warriors, you know, it's you know, people talk about Curry, people will talk about Thompson, and people talk about Draymond. Yet you look at what they did tonight, and like really, they couldn't. You know, what I mean, like every guy on this team basically earned his paycheck. You know, an incredible, incredible stuff across the board. So Clay Thompson was 11 of 22 from the field. He shot 50% from the field. He was 8 of 14 from three. Hit a big three. Clay hit the dagger three when they were up by nine or so late, and they got it up to 12 or 13. So Clay, Clay you know what I mean? Clay gave him 30 points, All right? Steph Curry, by his standards, isn't wasn't great. That he was 10 of 27, 6 of 17 from three, 10 of 27 from the field, 29 points. I talked about it during the game as far as Andrew Wiggins was concerned. And I said, man, every time I look up, Andrew Wiggins is doing something good. And, you know, say what you will. We've said a lot about Andrew Wiggins over the years. That he doesn't have heart. He doesn't want to compete and, and all this stuff. He's got talent, but he just, you know, he, just, he has fun in the NBA and he makes money and he's good with it. Yet The dude played 41 minutes tonight. You play 41 minutes in an elimination game, i got to tip my cap to you, and he gave him 18 points and 10 rebounds. Like, you know, like I said, like it's hard, how are you going to beat a team like this in which everybody is good? And we've got to also tip our cap an incredible performance for Kevon Looney. 22 rebounds. 22 rebounds for Looney. Uh, tonight, Looney was like one of only five players to play in every game this year, so you know this guy shows up every night, gives you twenty two boards, and there was a sequence now listen, it was inevitable that that um, you know it was it was starting to be inevitable that Golden State were going to win a game, but there was a sequence there when it was only like six point lead or so and Golden State I think they missed off the top of my head like three threes in a row. Like, it was like they shot, they missed, Looney got the rebound. They shot, they missed, Looney got the rebound. They shot, they missed, Looney got the rebound, and they hit it. You know, like, it, it's stuff like that, right? When you've got your your star players going to be hitting shots and stuff from three, you need guys up front. Somebody's got to be doing something for you, right? Something, some, Somebody's got to be doing something for you. So, uh, just a, a collective team performance. And as we spoke about with Mo, and Teddy Carvers brought it up last night with us, like you look at Phoenix right now, and I'm not one of these people, like I'm not one of these people that'll say, well, look how a team played against this team in a series, and then it's going to mean something in the next series. Like a good example are the Calgary Flames. The Calgary Flames are having a freaking hard time scoring goals against the Dallas Stars. They can't figure the goalie the goalie out. Ottinger is killing them. The, the Dallas Stars goalie. You know why, though? Like they're mere images of each other, these teams. So so my point is, you know, Calgary can't score right now, but if Calgary wins game seven, it doesn't mean in the next series they can't just start scoring five goals a game. Right? Sports is it's all about matchups. That's I guess that's what I'm getting at. It's all about matchups. But with that being stated, you look at Phoenix, and I do believe that the pressure is starting to get to them a bit. And I, don't I think it's so much pressure that they're, ooh, you know, they're they're nervous. But the weight of the expectations of the pressure, right? Like the the Phoenix Suns are expected to win. They were supposed to win. They were in the finals last year. They were up two games to none, right? They're on this like unfinished business mission right now. And they got through the season, but the playoffs are emotionally draining. It's emotionally draining to bet on this stuff. So imagine playing in it and the Dallas, Dallas Mavericks, they're you know what I mean? They don't have the same level of pressure. They will in the future, right? Eventually people are gonna start talking about Luca, and Luca needs to win something. At least win a playoff series. Dodgers score eight seven. Uh, eight seven right now, so um, so you know. Basically, I was saying you can't take what happens in one series and then say that that's you know something that's going to repeat itself in the next series. But at the same point in time, looking at Phoenix right now and looking at the pressure that they're under, and I would assume that Phoenix is probably going to get it done against Dallas on on Sunday, but. I don't care about who is this and you know all this expectation that I think Golden State right now are are playing better basketball uh, than Phoenix are. Like, I think you know what I mean. Like Phoenix are going to dodge a bullet here probably against Dallas, but the Golden State Warriors are not the Dallas Mavericks, right? Like Clay Thompson is not Jalen Brunson, you know. Finney Smith is not you know not Steph Curry, etc. Like you go like like that. You know we're just talking about the Golden State Warriors depth and. You know, these guys make a lot of money, so it's not like, you know, like Andrew Wiggins makes a lot of money, but Andrew Wiggins, if Andrew Wiggins gives you 18 points and 10 rebounds a game, then the Warriors are, you know what I mean, that's that's a solid contribution. You know what Draymond is going to give you. You know what Curry's going to give you. You know what Thompson's going to give you. And then, you know, we talked about Looney's 22 rebounds. The Warriors are a dangerous team right now, and... To me right now, if you ask me who do I think is going to the NBA Finals, I'll say the Golden State Warriors. Like even if Phoenix, I, was, I liked Phoenix last year, and I was, on, I was on the Phoenix bandwagon, but I jumped off against the Bucks. But I do believe that if Phoenix plays Golden State, that Golden State will beat them. Like I don't think it's an instance where it's just sort of like, oh, Phoenix. Or once they get through Dallas, everything will be fine. It's going to get harder for them, and you're seeing you're seeing cracks a little bit with the Phoenix Suns. Not not holes, but just sort of little cracks, shadows. You know, they're wrestling with shadows, so to speak. You know, like DeAndre Ayton, he's a restricted free agent. You know what I mean? Like, he's he's been a little bit inconsistent. He's great, and then he's, he's you know, you don't get much. Chris Paul seems to be getting tired as the season goes on and the playoffs go on. He's You know, his numbers are regressing. The turnovers are high. Devin Booker's a stud. But at the same point in time, Devin Booker might be one of these guys that— like, he's really seemed to have lit up, like, he seems to have really gotten under Luca, uh, under his skin, and Luca's really dialed it up a notch. And it's crazy to say because all these guys are so good, so you're like, wow, they're already trying. Like, it's not like, oh, we're gonna try harder now. But, like, the smack talk, you saw when Booker just like snapped the ball out of his hand, and, and Luca basically called him, like, yeah, we can't repeat it here due to our AM radio affiliates, like, to his face, too. Like to his face, he said, "You're a dumbass." And he, like, he, you know what I mean. So like, there's no love lost. Like, Luca like would like to punch Devin Booker right now at this point if he could. I'm looking forward to it. The theme of the weekend, Game Seven. Theme of the weekend, Game Seven. So one, um, one, no, no Game Seven here with uh, with Golden State and Memphis. But the Golden State Warriors are on to the Conference Finals. The Miami Heat are already awaiting right now. And the Boston Celtics got 46 points from Jason Tatum tonight. Incredibly similar scores tonight, huh? 108.95 in the Boston game and then 110.96 in Golden State and Memphis. And this is the problem, and I said it to you guys earlier, I put a small play on Memphis, you know, plus the points, all right, they're going to hang around. But I said on game time decisions, and I'm always worried about this in these instances, is that... Once the wheels fall off and the crowd starts going crazy, you can't stop it. It's, it's like a faucet. Like, it's it's on and it's, you know what I mean? And you saw that tonight here. When, you know, when, when that loony progression, when he got three rebounds in a row and Klay Thompson hit the shot after, the crowd's going crazy. Suddenly it's, you know, you're down by 12, you're getting eight points. But right then and there, Memphis are like, it's just, oh. Oh. It's like, you know, you get the, you know, your stomach, you just lose your breath.
2: Sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 seven. As our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering, real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more want the edge. Then get on the grid SportsGrid.com.
0: BP added more than $70 billion to the U S economy in 2022.
3: 180 minutes in Sports Talk Radio. This is Sports Rage. I am Rexy. Pits the players, the hustlers, the people are bustling, but everybody else in between. We're kicking it. Tony Finn will step up and in. We've got uh, Jamie Eisenberg still to come. Rob Vino, we got a full house. We've got a full house, and so we got a million game sevens. Uh we got uh we got two game sevens in the NBA, and we've got now what what we're up to a five, five game sevens, is it now? Five game sevens in, in, in the National Hockey League. So, th- this thing is dialed up and lit uh, right now. One of the game sevens is the Calgary Flames and the Dallas Stars. And I, I, I just saw Johnny Goudreau um, talking to the media after the game. And someone in the media asked, what lessons have been learned it's kind of a strange question, but he actually gave an, a, a telling answer, actually. This is what I, what I noted. You can learn a lot from this, guys, right? Like, a lot of people like, oh, I don't care about the press, card. I don't care about this and that, especially after the game, right? Because everyone's still emotional in this stuff. Like, you're getting these guys when they're pretty. It's a pretty raw time, so you know sometimes you can read between the lines, and you can you know, so there's someone in the Calgary media, they're in Dallas, but the local you know it's the you know you could tell it was the local guys badgering the Flames what went wrong, and they asked Cujo, have you guys what lessons have you guys learned in this series so far, and that was pretty telling what he answered, and he said what we've learned is, the hardest game to win is the elimination game. And then he went on to say there's a lot of guys in this room that have never been out of the first round before. Hopefully we can do it on Sunday. Wow. Like you want to talk about pressure? Like right then and there, like you know right now, this team is under pressure. Right? When you have like their one of their you know their best players saying, Hey no, there's a lot of us who have never been out of the first round. We'll see if we can do it on Sunday. Like, why are you talking about? You guys never been out of the first round. You just said, yeah, it's clearly on their minds that they, they have problems. This is rage. Bring it. BP added
0: more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or.